0: So let's look at a Money Guy case study where actually test the numbers using a real policy designed by a real insurance agent. I had no idea what they're going to do with the, the information. If you would have just bought the S&P 500, the broad 500 largest companies in this country, it's annualized almost 11.3%. Multiple times I told them like, hey, this is not supposed to replace investing. And then they said it was like a 2% or 1.5% rate of return. And I'm like, this is just bad. Like, Why do you always show the worst case scenario? I was just disappointed where in their video, they still compared it to an 8% rate of return in the stock market. And I'm like, well, of course, it focused too much on the insurance policy rather than what Infinite banking actually is. We
1: ran the numbers and we saw that this has a internal rate of return of 3.68%. This looks like it breaks even
0: in year
1: seven, but it
0: could break even in year six. In 10 or 20 years. It yep. Actually tends to increase your internal rate of return that way as well. If
1: you don't understand the philosophy and process, it's like, why would you do this? Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams. with Betterwell Show.
0: Happy to be here. Thanks, Caleb.
1: Um, I really appreciate you uh, reaching up your hand and, and reaching out and making yourself known. I did a video reacting to the Money Guy Show, you know, exposing infinite banking as a scam, and they, you know, use this advisor or the a life insurance person behind the scenes they they said hey we got this illustration from someone that is pro infinite banking and so we we we're, we're like went behind the curtains and we're going to show you a real life example because one of the the things that you know they we've we've been critical I think of of people that attack infinite banking is they they do all the talking points and then they use typical horrible whole life insurance and then of yeah. course we would all agree like yeah we all agree that this is not good but but they're not usually using an overfunded policy. Now, to their credit, they used an overfunded policy. We're actually going to look at the actual policy that they looked at. And uh, I want to give just co- context and, and kudos to you for being willing to have this conversation. I think this will be act as a very awesome part two to like my reaction. And, and I would love to hear directly from you, the person that sent them illustrations, <laughs> how you felt like the video went. And I know we both love... Um, Brian and Bo, I think they do a phenomenal job. They have an amazing channel. Lots of people, um, follow what they're up to. And I think their information is amazing when they talk about stuff like this, though. Um, my, my critique goes up because obviously, um, we know quite a bit about this. We've helped a lot of people and it's in it. And sometimes I feel like there's been talking points or there's, there's not a full, um, comprehension of what we're trying to say. So with that, like the world's longest intro down welcome to the show.
0: Cool. Cool.
1: Um, so first of all, how long have you been following The Money Guy Show and why did you reach out to them to begin with um, uh, to just give them illustrations for them to look at?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can get into that. So I've been following almost a year, more or less, uh, following Better Wealth for about two, <laughs> um, and I've loved their content. It just seems straightforward, easy to follow, and they're... They're not as like dogmatic as some of the other gurus, finance gurus. They're like, they're actual financial advisors. They take questions that are unique to people's situations, but they still have their framework that I think works for about 99% of people. Okay. So I've been a huge fan, but about four, five months ago, they had uh, just a post that they put out on, on their different social media channels that had, what is infinite banking? And it was like a carousel post it showed like this is what they say this is what it actually is it's like it's just whole life insurance and whole life insurance is pretty bad investment and then they showed uh, i assume they took some sort of illustration but they showed about $3500 each year going in for 30 years for a 30 year old or a 35 year old it was it's the same i based this on the same age demographic and and such so and the illustration that they had, or just the numbers that they broke down, it was like 20 years until they broke even. And, and then they said it was like a 2% or 1.5% rate of return. And I'm like, this is just bad. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I commented on that post as just engaging in the online or Instagram community. Oh no, it was uh, YouTube again. I was like, why do you always show the worst case scenario? Like, that was my comment. It's like, why do you always show the worst case scenario? This is not what infinite banking is. And so they had one of the, the content developers comment back and was like, oh, well, this is just what we had. We didn't realize there was a different way to do it. They talked about PUAs when, like, you're not really using them the right way. And so he said, hey, get, shoot me an email if you want to send us actual illustrations of how this is supposed to be done we would love to see how that's supposed to be done and so i initially tried to match everything and it's like yeah it was a little bit better by overfunding it but when you're only putting in $3,500 a year sometimes there's like expenses and whatnot so like really it should be a little bit more and then i sent other illustrations like hey you could also front load it put more money in earlier and that just helps just with uh, internal expenses and how it just makes it grow a little bit better. But the idea is that you're putting money into the PUA's from your premium in a high, a high amount rather than just the dividends being PUA's. I think that's what it was on their original example.
1: Yep, Yeah. And so you sent them four examples, some with yeah. front loads, and then they chose uh, the $10,000 example level with mm-hmm. with a company that I think when you originally reached out, you're like, hey, I didn't, I could have designed this way, way better. I think you were just like kind of starting the conversation. Did you think that they were going to take your illustrations and make a whole show out of it? Or did you just want to like get them to think like, Hey, there might be other designs out there uh, as it relates to this.
0: Oh, I had no idea what they're going to do with the the information. I I did not think they were going to make a whole show about it. So I was very surprised when I uh, saw the YouTube notification, infinite banking exposed. I was like, huh. Like that was about 2 months ago I sent them a an illustration. I wonder what happened. And then as they went through it, I noticed that they used a lot of the information that I sent in the email trying to explain it. And yep. then and some of their follow-up questions and then they used the actual numbers. I was like, "Oh, yep, that that was the illustration I sent them." Cool.
1: Cool. Do you and we're going to we're going to look at the illustration in a second, but what what were some of the points that you were trying to make and what is your initial thoughts on their video that they made when it comes to infinite exposing infinite banking? Like, what are some of the points that you're like, Hey, I think they are spot on. What are some of the points that you f- still feel like, man, I think they're misrepresenting something or then they might not be understanding the full picture of what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. I thought they did a, a relatively good job. I thought it was very fair. Generally speaking, compared to what, uh, is popular in a lot of finance spaces to say about. Infinite banking and life insurance. And I think they did a pretty good job trying to be open-minded and actually looking at the numbers and the like the functionality of, of the different parts of an insurance policy. I think where they fell a little bit flat though is they focused too much on the insurance policy rather than what infinite banking actually is. It's not the product, it's how you use the product. And so multiple times i told them like hey this is not supposed to replace investing this is a place to put your cash this is a place where if you put your money here first that allows you to capture long-term compounding interest with some other benefits of protection and long-term care and those sorts of things but if that's all you did it's probably not the best use of your money it needs to be a catalyst for other things in your life and even mentioned like hey brian's a A business owner, he probably does sit on a lot of cash. This might be a good fit for him. This is kind of how it's supposed to be used. And then I was just disappointed where in their video, they still compared it to an 8% rate of return in the stock market. And I'm like, well, of course, that's going to look better on paper. Like this isn't designed to just be dormant unless it's replacing bonds in a portfolio. Yeah,
1: they they should have called their video exposing whole life insurance as an investment (laughs) like yeah or should you invest in whole life exposed because i think we would all agree the answer is no the answer is like yeah don't mix insurance and investments and i think we would all agree with that i think where it gets i think where it gets a little bit misunderstanding is like we never throw high yield savings accounts under the bus it's like hey like i could get you know, 12% in an investment in my high yield savings account gets me only three or four or maybe 5% at the time of this recording. And we never like, we never like, you know, say like, that's a terrible investment because we we don't invest in our high yield savings account. We It's a place to store capital. And exactly. and then when yeah. you look at like all the benefits of high yield savings account, it's safe, it earns quite a bit of money. It's, you know, it's liquid. Like those are the three core benefits. Well, well if you historically, if you look at, life insurance what are what are some of the maybe disadvantages well maybe in the first year you don't have all the money that you put in but you you get a better long term internal rate of return we're going to look at that in a second even in today's high interest rates that's the case but like we're not going to see high yield savings accounts at 5% for the next 30 years and if we do life insurance will be far greater and there's a lot of data to back that up but the only even even if like we compare like a year ago interest rates um, you look at life insurance, internal rate of return trounces the long-term growth that you could get in high-yield savings account. But then you talk about all the other benefits. You have a death benefit. You have other chronic illness riders that could act as like you could potentially tap into the death benefit before you die for many reasons. There's creditor mm-hmm. protection. But then you still be, you're able to use your money throughout your life and get all those benefits compounded. And then there's a lot of research. I have a lot of people on, on my show that talks about life insurance and retirement enhances the in potential income in the future and so what's the value of having maybe a better bond in your portfolio so so it's like we're not in none of this is investments it's just the reality is as an and asset as a foundational asset it's it's amazing and but it has nothing to do with like the it factor of the growth it has everything to do with how it enhances everything around which is a a, a place to store and use and it's a foundational asset and i know i'm mm-hmm. just i'm just re saying what you're saying but those are the kind of things where it's like their whole point was, okay, let's look at the investment versus money, you know, mm-hmm. invested in life insurance. And they look at the rate rate difference. And I think we would all agree that's like, yes, you're not wrong, but you're using the word infinite banking. And I think you're, repre- re- you're misrepresenting what many people and why they use that as a foundational asset.
0: And the explanation they gave was like, well, a lot of our audience – A, doesn't have $10,000 to put into an insurance policy per year. But if they were to, they would do that instead of investing. And I said, well, I can understand that perspective. But again, like, this isn't supposed to replace your investing. And so if it's not a fit for your situation, don't do it. Like that, yeah. That's how I look at it. So I would
1: want to go on the record and say I think term insurance is amazing, and mm-hmm. I believe that almost everybody start make sure you figure out what your life is worth. I know that could be a rough conversation to maybe have, but like get yeah. make sure that you're protected and insured. Like that's straight up, period. And then and then I would just look at overfunded life insurance as a, an alternative place to save and use your money. And yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to people putting their money into life insurance and then accelerating debt. I just have to a lot of times mathematically we have to understand like, okay, mathematically, this might not be the best thing. But when you bring emotion in, and when you start adding out all the other benefits of like Mm -hmm. what we talked about, you could make the argument that that could make be a play. But a big message is, I believe that you are your greatest asset. And the Mm -hmm. best investment you should be making for so many people that are listening to this that can't save $10,000. I would say your best investment is yourself. And I is as cliche and as fluffy as that sounds, I would say, go all in on that and everything else will, will make itself, um, you know, everything else will do its thing. So that's, that's kind of my two cents on that. Yeah. I think that when you actually look at data, probably 90% of the, of the world should probably not use this. So I, I mean, again, we could have, our, there might be someone that has the right mindset. Great. But I think when you include mindset and understanding, I can't con- with a conscious say that you know, 90% plus of people should use this. Whereas I think oh, no. like, you know, what much Dave much. Ramsey teaches, I, <laughs> I do believe is very universal. Like get an emergency fund, all these things. But at the end of the day, I think the message that we need to be speaking more is like, if you're not happy, figure figure that out and like figure out how you can increase more value in the marketplace. And like, you should be investing all in on that. I could care less if it comes from a life insurance policy or a savings account. At the end of the day, life insurance is an amazing foundational asset when you start getting cash flow.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: Um, all right, so let's uh, let's jump into the illustration that they used. You you showed a couple other ones. You showed a front load, which is a an amazing design for a company that you illustrated with. But I'm I'm now looking on the screen, and you 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 put in ten thousand dollars in. I'll I'll pump up my. So you put in ten thousand dollars in. You have. Uh, ca- cash value uh, available first year eight 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 thousand six hundred and forty eight thousand. So we have a liquidity of eighty six percent. So that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and then and then this looks like it breaks even in year seven, but it could break even in year six from a standpoint of like we're everything's based on today's interest rates, and it's really like last year's interest rates. And so that's that's interesting. You have an initial death benefit of one point um about let's just say 200 mm-hmm. yeah 200 and, and then this thing grows and you have everything stopping at age uh 65 which mm-hmm. is great just from a just an understanding standpoint you have a cash value of five hundred thirty-one thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven. so again just to be clear this, we're not saying like all you should do is put your money and keep it there like that's not what we're saying, but that's yeah. what they showed in their video. And then and then the death benefit is almost at nine hundred thousand. So this is a this is a good example. I, I want to just commend you for like a an easy to understand example. It's a good example. We we ran the numbers and we saw that this has a internal rate of return of three point six eight percent. And mm-hmm. so again, this is based this is not based on like the current like last year's reflection on interest rates. This is mainly looking at still like these companies project very conservatively. So um want to get your thoughts on that. What would you've done differently or you stand by this design from a standpoint of, of cash flows going in and out?
0: Well, if I had known that they were going to present it as like best case scenario, I probably would have changed it a little bit. Uh, this is one third base insurance, two thirds PUA. And I thought okay. they did a good job explaining how that works in the video and how loans work and all of that. But they kind of missed the of Like what's the purpose of doing that, which is to yep. you know, increase your liquidity early and your, your break even your internal rate of return. So I could have definitely pulled that up a teeny bit uh, on the, the PUA percentage there. Yep. And then I probably just wouldn't have paid in for 30 years. Like that's just a yep. long period of time. Most yep. of the examples that I've, I even mentioned that to them. Was like 30 years is kind of a long time. Most of the examples, if you do 10 or 20 years, yeah, actually tends to increase your internal rate of return that way as well. Yep. So. yep. Well, it just, and this
1: is, you know, it, again, you can start with 10 years, but like, let's just, let's just look at this. In year 11, in this example, your cash value is, you know, 100, 108, we'll just say for easy math. And you're putting in $10,000 and your cash value increases by more than 10. It's, you know back in the mac it's like mm-hmm. 14 okay and so again you could say yeah you don't have to you don't have to pay but it's like if you can put money into a machine and you get more than that money back and there's access and liquidity again that's that's just an interesting perspective at year 30 you're putting in $10,000 and your in ca- your cash value increases by 30 yeah 30 grand so so again playing devil's advocate it's like Why are we stopping at age thirty? We're stopping because, again, if you don't understand the philosophy and process, it's like why would you do this? But and then people hate seeing it all the way till they die because they just there's this part of us that like wants to quote unquote retire. But it's like as long as you have cash flow, why wouldn't you? If you you have a foundational asset again, this is not an investment. We have to be thinking about this as a foundational asset. Just it just gets you start thinking. And again, it's hard to articulate that in an email, but um a, what are your thoughts on what I shared? Um, yeah
0: because like as we mentioned at the start the life insurance is more than just a place to put your money it's not just a yep. growth engine and so when you put it in that perspective if you have that cash flow and you're actually using it to continue to grow i know a lot of people say that after your first few years life insurance is a great place to put your money because it's super efficient and that yep. you just showed that it was what year four when you're you get more increase in cash value than what you're putting into it. So,
1: Yep. I also want to just point something out again. This is, um, if you look at the initial death benefit of let's just say it's 200 and like, let's say at the end, at year 30, it's 900. What Dave Ramsey will say is, oh, they, your death benefit gets stolen. Like they steal your cash value and it's like, okay, but okay, so you have $500,000 plus some cash value that you can use for whatever you want and like let's just say you die and you don't use a single penny kind of deal well you're you're getting a death benefit of you know it's over 200,000 more you know it's 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 you can't say that they stole your death benefit and 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 so that's where again in maybe typical advice the death benefit doesn't increase and you could use that as a talking point but even in the policies that that we design the death benefit increases um, every year and in, a, in in many cases that the day that you quote unquote die it's not going to be less than in your initial even with the cash value build up and so that's just another example that mm-hmm. i don't think they mentioned but is a common talking point i think even in this illustration we can use that as an example
0: as far as protection goes we started with you should get term insurance for your protection needs and yep. i totally agree the one thing in the video that i was like oh, of course they went there it's like for ten thousand dollars, you're buying two hundred thousand dollars of insurance? Like, why would you do that? It's like, well, no, that's not why I'm doing this. I also have yeah. five hundred thousand of term insurance for extremely cheap. Like, like that's that's not yeah. the reason why I'm doing this. It's like it's so that I can have access to that cash value. And if I were to die, I still have a death benefit, which is great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. It, it provides a lot of benefits. So Yep.
1: Yeah. So let's 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 go back, and we're actually going to look at this these numbers because I threw out a three point six eight percent rate of return, and we actually have a, a internal calculator that anyone can use. We'll have this a, available down below. It's a very basic calculator, by the way. We're we're uh, we're, uh, we're we're starting we're starting humbly here. But I just I just took a three and a half percent rate of return. We could run it at four, but let's just take a three and a half percent internal rate of return. This is a this is the actual rate of return that. You're gonna get, and, and again, it's easy to say, "Well, I could put my money in stocks and all that stuff." And hopefully, at this time, people understand that, yes, but you you have the ability to use your money, and yes, there's an interest cost, and we can talk all day long about that. You mm-hmm. have to make sure that whatever the cost of capital is to use, you're getting a greater return. But you still, you can have a dollar doing two things in a life insurance policy, and the whole idea is to have your money in motion in a sense and so we'll just say you have a three and a half percent rate of return that's that's a pretty pretty great if you think about the next 30 years I know interest rates are artificially high right now but I don't think they're gonna stay this high for like you know next thirty years so three and a half percent like that's pretty good especially two or three years ago like way better than a savings account okay but the three and a half percent if we're comparing it to a high yield savings account like what is what is something that a high yield savings account has? was taxes. And so we have to factor in taxes. Now it's ordinary income. Some people might pay zero taxes. Some people may pay a lot of taxes. You might be in California and being, and being super like the people that especially are, you know, interested in this usually have a high tax rate. And, and so this is a really affects them. So even if we just put, if we put, you know, you know, 15%, now you're, now you're three and a half percent life insurance that you're getting in your in your policy you now have to earn over 4% every single year just to keep keep up now what if we did you know 30 percent now people might say like why 30% i don't know i just came up with that number and if you look at state and you look at federal depending on where you are with what income this could be super low already this it's all it all depends now you need to earn 5% every single year just to keep up now all the other now all the other benefits that life insurance gives you death benefit, the chronic illness rider, the privacy, the access to cash, like all those things. What what a lot of times people say is, well, what about buy term and invest a difference? Well, what 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 happens when we're buying term insurance? That's actual cost of money that we're using to purchase. It's an actual expense because we hope it doesn't ever have to convert. But what we're actually doing is we're spending money. For that extra protection, so the management fee is just an example of saying, well, if we're if they're if we're going to buy term insurance, let's use that as like a how much percentage is that going to cost out of our pocket to buy term insurance? One, two, three percent from a standpoint of like what what it would cost to buy term and invest a difference. Because if you buy term insurance, you literally have less money to invest, and so just that one percent uh, management fee would be now you'd have to earn over six percent. But now, when you're starting to buy cost of insurance and all those as it relates to, to life insurance, like let's just say a 3% management fee represents term insurance and all the other benefits that life insurance gets you, not just the interim rate or Like we're not even talking about potential benefits of like bond portfolio and other, because I believe life insurance, when set up properly, is probably better than a bond from, as it relates to your portfolio. Now we're saying you need to earn almost 8% uh, every single year in life insurance. And I want to be very, very clear. I'm not telling you whole life insurance gets you 8%. I'm not saying like, that's that's not correct at all. I am saying that we have to understand that fax, taxes and other costs need to be kept into the equation. And I'm saying in this example, a 30% tax rate and a 3% fee, which represents cost of insurance and all the other things, you're now looking at the boring old life insurance policy that you showed them You in an, in an alternative account with some other factors. Now you have to earn over 8%. And you and I both know that if you want to have an opportunity, if you believe so greatly in the S&P 500 or whatnot, you can utilize your cash value to be able to do that. But you realize all the benefits of life insurance, not just the internal rate of return, but all the benefits of permanent life insurance now in the future. I'll let you speak to that, um, because I don't want to misrepresent this in any way. I just want to like show that sometimes when we look at just the rate of return, it doesn't tell the whole story, because it's not, It's not. it's like comparing an Apple versus a Clementine. And it's like, okay, it's easy to think, but it's like you don't have the full story there. And that's what that's what can be frustrating sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, I think it, you just got to remember that this is a cash vehicle. And so 3.5% on cash just to start with is actually pretty decent. Like You can't look at a short-term scenario over a long period of time. So yes, we're at a 4.6% is what my high-yield savings account gets, and I'm still putting money into that, but I don't know how long that's going to last, right? So just right off the bat, 3.5% is actually decent for cash. Add in the tax component, then it's a lot more powerful, especially like you mentioned, people who have lots of cash that need, that maybe are looking for a way to save on taxes on their cash savings. This is a fantastic place to do that. Again, that jumped it up, what was it? Like one... One to one and a half percent, just with the tax savings, right there.
1: Right. Yep. 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 It went from three and a half to five, and again, like because our calculator is very basic, your your technical intern rate of return was was three point seven essentially. Yeah. But because we we have we have uh, point five percent increments, this is just for educational purposes only. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to share with people that there's there's better ways to potentially look at this.
0: Because I just think. Okay, you had 200 say $200,000 just sitting in your high yield savings account. That's a pretty decent tax chunk every year. So, yep. that's a big deal. Yep. And then that management fee, that could represent a lot of things. It could literally mean a, a management fee on your like your investments Money. with yep. it, inside your 401k, inside your investment advisor fee, those sorts of things. But then you also add on the cost of term insurance. Probably anywhere between that half percent to 1%. And then if you add to buy long-term care insurance on top yeah. of that, like it does just add a lot of things to it. And so I, I'm a, I totally agree. You can't just look at what the cash value is growing at. You got to look at what can this asset do for you in your life exactly
1: that's what's well said you you talked about long-term care insurance and i know that you and i both wouldn't say that the chronic illness rider is a long-term care rider some some of the cases you can like similar not the same yeah but but why don't you explain in your in your opinion uh, how it's similar because i'm sure you have clients we have clients and i'm not saying that this is right but choose not to get long-term care insurance because they have life insurance with chronic illness riders and all and so explain why some of your clients might not pay for long-term care and and instead feel good because they have permanent life insurance
0: i just think it's a more efficient use of their money just to be completely honest Um, so when say we work with a lot of retirement clients that are pre-retirees or during retirement and straight up long-term care insurance can be kind of expensive at that age but then you could say well so is life insurance but say they reposition some of their money into their life insurance policy there. Now, if they don't actually use that long-term care insurance, it's not a pure expense. They have that cash value growing. They can use that to fund some of their expenses, especially, say, down years in the market. They have that cash buffer there. But yep. then it actually happens. They they do end up getting confined into a nursing home. They can't you know, do one of the six... Or two of the six activities of daily living, so eating, bathing, moving, clothing, those sorts of things. Or a really, really poignant one is say they got diagnosed with cancer. Now, instead of having $500,000 that they could, they would have saved for a medical expense, now they have access to almost $900,000 to go and get treatment for that. And so it just gives them a lot more flexibility and options. And if, yep. like heaven forbid, they actually get into that situation and they need it, to the life insurance company, they're saying, well, this death benefit was already going to be paid. Why not let you access that early if it can help enhance the quality of your life before you pass? Yeah. So. Yep.
1: It's a, because we're dealing with actuarial science, because that's already baked in, it's very little... It, it's it's not as big of a deal because they're already going to pay that eventually. Like you're near the end of your life, and and so it's a way to quote unquote accelerate your death benefit. And it, and there's a cost to that. And it's, but the point is, there's options, and I'm a fit fan of increase your options because mm-hmm. the person that has more options, I just believe, has just a better life than the person that has limited options. And we, I actually know somebody who is alive is literally alive because of the accelerated benefits of a life insurance policy because they were they got a diagnosis that was very scary that didn't look very good and they used their accelerated benefit rider to do alternative treatment and they're alive and they believe they're alive because of it again i'm, I'm this is we're not we're not giving financial advice and we're definitely not giving medical advice so but i the sure. point that i'm trying to make is like it just it just gets you thinking. It's like, what is the rate of return of that? I don't know. I but Can't I, I really think it's I think it's really powerful it. when you understand <laughs> it as a multi dimensional asset.
0: I think it's just the more I am studying uh, personal finance, financial planning, retirement planning, I just think that it's either a misunderstood or just miss. Well, I think it's very underutilized life insurance one of the reasons is for that additional accelerated benefit because it's like sure you can save your money for a health yep. expense i think the the stat saying you would on average throughout your retirement need three hundred thousand dollars for health expenses sure you can save some of that for regular but if you've got a big expense like that or a big diagnosis that's just way way more efficient to have yep. those options and access so.
1: Yeah. Well, Dallin, I think, you, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for reaching out. And I, I just want to say if you are somebody that wants to come on our show, if there's perspectives that you have, if you have stories about or questions about your own financial life, please reach out. Dallin, I didn't like, I really, really appreciate you being proactive in that. Is there anything else that you want to say? Um, this, the floor is yours, but I just want to hand it over any other points that you want to make or questions that you have for me, or just encouragement that you have for the people watching or listening to this
0: yeah uh, first thing I want to thanks for the thank you for the opportunity I've been a fan for a while um, and you know I got into the life insurance space just kind of a happenstance was just my company is like hey we're gonna sell life insurance but i I realized that this has real life implications for people so I wanted to make sure I understood these things before I just dove in and sold it and so I want to credit you and Dom and a lot of people for giving me a lot of clarity on that. And then B, this is just a tool, people. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make it out to be more than it is. It's a tool in your life. It, it can be a foundation. It can help enhance a lot of things in your life. But like, it's just one thing you can do. You said before, you're your greatest asset, figure out how you can find value and provide value. If life insurance enhances that, great. If it doesn't, no big deal. Figure out a system that works for you, where you can A, prepare for your future and your current needs and B, increase your value, then you should be just fine. So,
1: Dylan, I appreciate the wisdom. I appreciate you following and just helping us promote this message. Thank you. And I want to just say a sincere thank you to all of you that literally make what we do possible. Like, thank you. Um, we would not have a show. We wouldn't have any influence if it wasn't for people that listened and shared shared these videos. And so if there's anything that we can do for you, Dylan, let let us know. and if there's anything that we can do for the people watching, like we got resources down below. and just know that when you subscribe, when you share, when you comment, it helps us get this message out. And um, I think this is a small example of what's to come. So'm I uh, hope that I can sit down with the Money Guy show and and just share maybe a, a different perspective and i guarantee this that i think both parties will um be both parties will realize that we have so much more in common that we think about than, than maybe they think and i probably agree with 99 percent of what they're saying and they probably would agree with the majority of the things that i say and i think there's a lot of um cool cool thing i think it's pretty powerful when two parties can sit down that maybe disagree on some things but talk and be able to have a, an amazing conversation. So I'm, I'm hoping to have them on the show to, to do that very thing.
0: That would be fantastic. I would definitely watch that. So <laughs> Okay, awesome,
1: awesome. Talon, thank you, and uh, have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks, see ya. Thank
0: you so much for listening to the Better
1: Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.